0: And welcome to The Blueprint, lifestyle design podcast, unpacking and applying creative design principles to help you live your maximized
1: life. And now, ready to help you design and build your ultimate awesome future, here's
0: your host, Andrew Lord.
1: Hello and welcome to The Blueprint, unpacking the source code of success. And today we're going to be taking another deep dive into the world of education because You know, you can't have breakthrough without struggle, and you cannot have success without learning some things along the way as well. And at its essence, that's what education should be. It should be about capturing the key ingredients for success and translating them in a way that empowers people, you know, empowers students so that they can go on and fulfill their potential. And that's what we're all about here on The Blueprint, which is why we spend a lot of time talking about education and how we can make it better for our kids. Now I know that you and most of the rest of my audience as well are parents who care about young people or you're an educator or a youth leader or or a, a youth coach who is passionate about helping yourself and helping the young people in your life to succeed and that's why education is so important. So, I just want to say thank you for joining me here today. Thank you for being a part of this education revolution that's happening all around the world as parents, leaders, and educators begin to consider how you know, how can we move move out of this industrial model of learning and into a new uh, iteration of what learning could be. And so, today, I'm really excited to announce we've got Lee Hancock. He's an exciting thinker in the world of education, he always looks at what's possible. He's the leader of innovation and digital learning at St. Paul's College in Kempsey. He is the 2020 recipient of the New South Wales Premier's Teachers Mutual Bank New and Emerging Technology Scholarship. That's quite a mouthful. We've also got Jason Knight from Move by Design, who is a creative and communications guru. He's a husband and a father of a five-year-old and a two-year-old. He's also a brand strategist and a lecturer at CSU in design and communications. Now this episode was a little bit like the last one with Marianne from Posify. you know once we got talking we just couldn't stop it really was just so good um, and so in the interest of you know breaking this up into bite-sized chunks we've, um, we've split this into two episodes the first episode is more around what's going on now you know in the traditional model of learning but also in the business space And what we can learn from that because of, you know, COVID-19 and all the changes that have happened in life and education. And episode two is more about solutions. You know, what are the ideas that are already happening uh, because of the pandemic? And also what could happen, you know, if we dared to believe it was possible. if If we dared to think outside the box and do things a little bit differently moving forward. All right, so just before we get into this episode, I'd like to remind you that this episode is sponsored by the Dangerous Minds course. Now, if you are looking at one way that you can completely change the face of education, then I know from experience, and it's backed by research as well, that explicitly teaching kids mindset and how to orientate their mental game in the face of challenges um, that life is going to throw at them, it's a profound way that you can set your child up for success. And the Dangerous Minds course is one way that you can do that. So if you want to know more about Dangerous Minds and get your hands on that program, then click on the link below the podcast player if you're listening to this on the blog. Or if you're not, if you're on YouTube or Anchor or Spotify, then you can just go to blueprintlifeacademy.com.au forward slash Minds and make sure you check out this life shaping program. All right, let's get into this podcast. Welcome, guys. Thanks so much for doing this with me today. I really appreciate you guys being here. Well, good. Yeah. good.
2: Um, success. What is success
0: uh, for you? I think that's probably one of the hardest questions you could possibly uh, ask me. Yeah, it's probably not the best oh, leading think...
3: question.
0: <laughs> I'm glad I you're know, starting, Jason. I think I can help define it by what it hasn't been for me. Um, but, uh, so what it, what it hasn't been is, has been following the crowd and I guess keeping the expectations of, um, my schooling or my past. So, so for example, it hasn't been, um, working more, working harder and becoming financially rich. So that has, um, yeah, that has left me in burnout mode for a few years ago um, I guess what I'm what I've been pivoting on the last few years has been how to blend uh, financial financial um, freedom and, or wealth with a wholehearted happy heart uh, and family joy and that I, I guess that's that's for me the definition of success but um, yeah Good it's it, it's it's an awkward um, arm wrestle between those three
3: Yeah, cool.
2: And Lee, what about for you?
0: Mm, Yeah, so Jason and I got
3: quite a bit in common, the five and two year old. And um, yeah, like, it's it's funny, like, I I know what success should be, but there's another part of my brain, the one that's deep and still that goes, no, you need to, you need to do these things, you need to be this, you need to achieve this. And that's something that uh, is told to us by society that says you're only accepted if you win or you succeed or if you compete and and are victorious. Um, but I know what proper success is and that's that idea of flourishing. Um, uh, a while ago I read a book by Martin Seligman um, called Flourish and it was on this uh, on positive psychology and it's about those different elements in life, you know, without Without health, there can be no success. Um, I know that. I've experienced <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but also, it's it's stopping and challenging what the world tells you success is. Um, and kids these days, even my my five and two year old, they, they they see it. They um, you know are challenged by that. That you must have all these things. That even on YouTube, kids which they watch, their you know, they get a bit of uh, advertising push down their throats that um, you know you need to buy this you need to have this and you know, i'm very guilty of that and things like that push bike in the back uh, background you know well i want want the new push bike i want the better push bike how do i do that well, i'm gonna have the money to do that yeah um that's the world's view of success but really does that help you flourish not so much um mm. happiness health you know um and family, and that's something I struggle with every day. Mm. And it's kind of like it's competing parts in your brain that people know what true success is and true to flourish in life, but mm. we have to compete with what the world thinks success is, which really yeah. um, it, it doesn't end up leaving you all that happy and fulfilled. Yeah. So you've you've
2: both sort of identify that there's kind of this worldview of success. And then there's also this smarter, deeper version of success. Um, We are going to be talking about education today. How much do you think um, that education plays a role in, I call it the social script, you know, um, in delivering this social script of this is what you should be. This is, you know, work hard, um, do more, 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 um, you know, how much do you think that education takes a takes a, a role in that?
3: Lee, Did you, me? Okay, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think with with a, a, a new push for education in that well being space, it's it's kind of going in the right direction. Uh, I think when we think of education, we think of maths, English, the humanities, science, and uh, that is education. But it's much more than that. Um, I think this. This push towards positive psychology, and all schools are, are starting to to cotton onto that. That hey, that you know, it's more important than knowing things because um, you know, in the end, it's not about what you know, but your your skills to to succeed, to solve problems. And then, if you don't have that well-being, if you don't have that uh, that aspect of your life that can uh, see you through those tough times, and you're just going to fail, and you have limited resilience levels, then education has let you down and um, some people say that, oh, this new generation, they're just not resilient because it's all too easy for them. But um, kids are, are facing these these challenges that previous generations didn't have. Mm. Um, the always being connected, always being, um, you know, faced with the onslaught of marketing, the onslaught of all these challenges. You open up your phone, you scroll, and you see lots and lots of bad news. Um, 50 years ago, if you do not want to see bad news, don't read the newspaper, don't turn the TV on. Mm. Whereas now, it's just coming at you from every direction. And it's going to have an impact on kids. It's going to make their brain think, wow, there's too many problems, they're too receptive. And when the brain is overactive, it's just going to shut down. It's just going to start to say, it's too hard, I give up and there's too many cases of that and that's where yeah. education as we know 20th century education uh, is starting to let the kids down and yep. it's not about knowing more but it's about looking at what are some some skills and, and that they need to need to know and resilience is a big thing
2: yeah and just on that we've we're obviously in a difficult time now we're talking about challenges mm-hmm. you know we're in a difficult time now where Um, everyone is feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And um, I did a podcast earlier about um, being aware of the voices that we're listening to and the amount of information Mm -hmm. um, that we're consuming. It is easy to allow ourselves to be bombarded by the fear uh, at this point in time. Um, With education, I mean, how is it... um, You're you're the leader of innovation and digital learning at at St. Paul's. So how have you seen Mm. education have to switch in this season?
3: Yeah, it's funny. I've always said that education seems to be about 10 years behind business (laughs) or at least the business world. Um, I think that, um, yeah, it's going to have to change and adapt to to new things like, uh, for example, it's not all about Cramming a head full of knowledge. I remember uh, a teacher a friend of mine who called uh, teaching head stuffing. I'm going to go stuff some heads. Yeah, yeah. And what he was talking about was not with knowledge stuffing them full of knowledge. But with our with our excellent connection with your phone, with your device, you've got a connection to the world's knowledge, um, and it's not an encyclopedia. You don't have to go to the library anymore, look through the 30 books, and go to I want to know about knowledge. So I'm going to go to K. It's typing into Google. It's it's developing those skills that will help you find what you need mm. and um, solve problems. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it it's slowly changing, and I mean slowly changing. Yeah. Um, but it's when they when it's confronted with things like this uh, COVID nineteen crisis. And such a rapid change it has to adapt quickly and I've seen teachers do amazing things in short periods of time where sometimes it just means that there's a little bit of a push that there's a necessity to change to adapt to innovate and then amazing things happen uh, we're getting there it's it's teaching is one of those things education is one of those things where your job's never done you could always do more you could do something different you could change it you could adapt but you have to think from your day, from your week, from your year, you look back and you think, you know, I'm happy with that. I've had some great successes and that will do for now. Because if you don't have that mindset, you will never be finished and you'll run yourself into the ground.
2: It's one of those insatiable uh, professions,
3: Mm.
2: isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Jason, you said something uh, earlier, uh, which was, you know, you work in the business space and that is if you don't shift, you don't exist. whereas education sort of is um, burdened, I guess, by this self-perpetuating culture um, that, that it's carried for the last hundred years. Um, in the business world, there's a, a greater necessity to change, adapt really, really quickly. Um, so you're out there on the, the cutting edge with communication and, and training uh, in that space. What, what things have you seen uh, out in that space that you think could be adapted um, either in business or in, in the world of education?
0: Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right that at the end of the day, business f- functions on profit and that is measured daily, weekly, monthly. And if that is going down, then it, yeah, it, it, there is a very Quick need for the business to shift and change um, so some of the cool stuff that I have seen in the training space has been like in training so I'm talking about uh, uh, organizational development um, um, those sort of facilitator resources to to um, action um, onboarding and has been <clears throat> has been less of the someone up the front reading out a um, uh, a manual of um, this is this is how you do culture in our business um, which I heard of one report from a friend who that's that that's how they literally onboard people in the um, in the ATO uh, office that someone at the front reads out for two or three days of uh, <laughs> a manual which is anyway I can't believe that that exists um, to um, where where pieces like siri are uh, being integrated into software where um onboarding can be as simple as um uh, like a like a, an app or, a, or, or or yeah a program where people can go on and be like um hey where is the brand style guide for this business and then they could ask this question they could filter through some answers and and up comes a an automated response um from a from a chat bot of like um hey jason here is here is the link to the to the the brand style guide or, 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 or whatever that that piece is. So, the idea that your um, your day to day can be not automated but assisted with technology is really exciting. So, where you have a Google meeting, but after the Google meeting, there is a response from this for, from an app that says, um, "Great, what what learnings need to be acted?" You know what what items need to be actioned out of that meeting so that, you know, for for the next task. So that there's almost this personal assistant. So that's what I get excited about with some of the onboarding and, um, and I guess learning in a, in a corporate environment that it becomes less of the facilitator or the HR staff, but more of a blend of those strengths combined with technology can equal an incredible experience for the, for the, um, for the user, for, for the employee that, yeah, that there is a, a message from the CEO that del- gets dropped straight into their inbox on day day one. It doesn't necessarily have to be, um, it, it can be generic, like, hey, welcome to the business, this is our vision, this is, wh- is what we're about. But yeah, if that was standard um, and streamlined, like what an incredible experience and why couldn't those type of ideas be filtered through our education system? Mm. Um, And dropped in um, at at different places throughout the students and parents journey would be Yeah, yeah, would be life-changing.
3: Yeah, one of the things that I saw so I teach um, multimedia studies in year 11 and 12 um, Was the use of VR for training in especially dangerous workplaces? Um, so I guess putting people into situations where it wouldn't be safe to do so and running them through scenarios asking them what they would they wouldn't do so one thing was, um, I think it was an electrical company where they're working on power lines and it put people in that situation. It's fully immersive. They were confronted with problems. And I think that's a much deeper example of learning than just going through a little online tutorial, a couple of videos Only. to actually be able to interact look at and go oh this is what i do or this is how i'd I'd react is is really cool and i read an article that um i think it was down in melbourne somewhere that they were doing the same for teacher training Um, they were putting teachers into virtual reality scenarios in the classroom Um, now when you go through teacher training you do something called practicing so practice teaching it's one of the best things you can do because it's fully immersive Mm. but where you can do that on day 1 or even as a taste of what teaching is like you can avoid that six months in where I when I think back to my first year of teaching we had six months of teaching six months of learning sorry and then we went out and did a three week prac about 12 people drop out because they thought yeah hell no I don't want to do that for the rest of my life yeah and how good would that be if we could give someone a pair of you know Oculus Rift put them in there and then you have all these little fires going on, and they're trying to put it out, and they mm-hmm. take it off and go, you know teaching is not for me. So I think <laughs> VR is a really cool uh, learning
0: in a variety of spaces yeah, because it's I, immersive. I 100% agree. And I've just been looking into that mm-hmm. these last couple of weeks of even 360 video, if even imagine the onboarding mm-hmm. piece that before somebody uh, accepts a job offer, they can literally have an experience of looking left and right of mm. the work environment, seeing their seat, seeing, seeing what's around them. Uh, mm. I mean, that's super, I mean, that's available right now off the shelf. You can, mm. you can buy a, a 360 cam, um, mm. you know, for a thousand dollars, but how amazing that, that all those anxiety, all those questions in our mind can be solved uh, right now, rather mm. than, yeah, rather than waiting three months, mm. six months, you know, when someone does a four year course and then come out and be like, what the heck, you know, no, i hate kids
3: <laughs> i think the thing with businesses in other places is that that means being open to the world and some businesses and schools big time are scared of that being open oh they might see me Oh, i might do this and well oh, i don't want to see that so more being open but i think in the past 20 years that idea of being open is is um, becoming much more prevalent and those those companies that seem to do that and do it with a bit of forethought do quite well so that's, I guess, one of the challenges.
0: Yeah, well, that transparency, and I think it's also interesting that COVID has sort of forced us that we're okay with kids coming into the videos behind us or, um, mm. yeah, that it's forced us to be a bit more transparent, that we're not all suit and tie, that we do have yeah. uh, family lives going on around us. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, you, you're right, though, that, I, I mean, it probably comes back for me of being okay with the idea that, yeah, well, I like the words of um being fast to fail being okay with with trying something new and and experimenting with it you know whether it's a whether it's a a day concept or whether it's a week or yeah but being okay with the idea of um uh let's let's try something for a short period of time and test the waters if it's received let's keep going in it and it just Mm -hmm. saves it a huge amount of investment and cost um if you just jump in yeah I've seen both uh, reactions
2: um in the TAFE space in that uh you, you said that thing about you know let's just try something and fail fast. I think that definitely uh is happening, and there's a lot of people out there doing innovative stuff and um whereas there's also the other side of the the bureaucratic side of education, which is okay, um we heard a story about someone crashing zoom calls and therefore we're going to, um, we're we're not using Zoom anymore. Um, So we're all moving to Microsoft Teams or whatever it might be. Or or we heard about um, some student who, you know, left the camera on while he, um, you know, went to the bathroom or something like that. Therefore, for the rest of the state, we're we're not using video, uh, not using online cameras anymore. And so um, there's that kind of culture in education of risk uh, risk aversion and, and risk management that um, can stifle innovation. So just be curious to hear from both of you guys. Like, what's do you do you see that in your different spaces? You know, where where there's this one side wanting to bust out and um, you know do some great stuff because this is the opportunity, this is the time to do it, um, and then the other side is, you know, we can't because we're scared of what might happen.
3: Mm. I think everyone fails but one thing i like is this idea of formative failure like you can have failure and it have no impact on you or it has this negative but when you look at it when you reflect upon what you did and and have that idea that it can build you it can it can lead to greater strength that's important failure is simply a wrongdoing or something that happened and it's bad but if you pause, reflect, and go, what did I do? What did I learn from that? How could I do things differently? That's where the power in failure is. It's reflecting on what you did um, and looking out for that growth opportunity. So I'm sure, and I remember finding, it somewhere I have to find it again, that um, it was this document that Google uses when they're they're talking about failure, um, that they fail fast, but they also reflect. They pause, they look at, and they think about Okay, we don't want to do that again, but what could we do differently? How could we change something so that we are successful next time? Mm. Um, so failure with some support around it and some, some ways of thinking, some learning around that is the most important thing. Yeah. Because I'm sure Google says it, fail fast, but you also need to reflect so that we don't keep failing fast. Because if we keep failing, then, you know, really, we're not doing our job. Yeah. So in the let's say the last five years or
2: so, there's been some big shifts in education, obviously, but also in business and communications um, and the way we consume information. Um, that's um, like Jason, you've you've talked before about uh, we we consume information when we're on um, say something like Facebook, we'll flip through some information, we find what we want, and then we dig deeper into that particular piece. Um, Contrast that with someone, as you said, standing at the front of a room at the ATO, reading from a manual for a couple of hours or days. Um, How do you think the uh, the way that information has shifted changes the way that we can do education?
0: i think that's an incredible question um the way that i the way that i try to explain it is um social media combined with learning um how can we snackatize probably made up jason word but how can we snackatize our learning so that we can see snippets of it and digest it in those different levels so what's the what's the high level view of it which could be an infographic or it could be a quote or it could be just just the the big idea and then as we as we um proceed through that that there is greater level of of information um digested so we we even see that now with a lot of youtube videos that they will start you know the first 10 seconds they'll say in this video you'll get xyz Mm -hmm. and then comes up you know the title then comes up the little logos and then they proceed to, um, share, you know, the next couple of minutes of, 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 how you get to the end result. So it's the same sort of concept. So rather than, um, my little uh, thing for the last few years is that the thesis is dead. Um, so yeah, the thesis is dead. So it's no, I'm not saying that university, uh, and, and doctrines are dead. I'm just saying that the concept of passing a manual, a 300 page manual to someone saying, Hey, this is, this is, the ideal way to learn about our culture, this is the ideal way to learn about our X, Y, Z, is, is so out of date with the way that we consume information in every other um, platform.
2: Mm. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, Lee, what have you seen, uh, Lee, in terms of teachers coming to you for support um, uh, to cope with this crisis?
3: Yeah, so we um, went uh, online the past few weeks. Uh, I think it was the last three or so weeks of school were pretty much completely online. There was a small handful of kids at school, but even they were using online learning. Um, I guess it was depending upon their, their use in the past. So we've got a learning management system called Style. It's great, um, but there were teachers who, are excellent teachers, but have not used it at all. And they were starting from you know, step one. So getting them online, looking at um, even things like Google Drive for sharing. What does you know uploading a file mean? What does um, downloading a file mean? All those sorts of things. Um, everything through to um, teachers wanting to to use an app called Flipgrid, which was sort of getting posting video questions and getting the kids to record, and it's sort of based up off. On some of the social media, like Snapchat and the like, and again, that's um, sort of really good for what we call um, formative assessment, looking at what the kids know, what, uh, what they've learnt. Um, so, yeah, it's very varying, varying levels. Um, also, using Zoom, of course, um, and all the challenges involved with that—30 year sevens on the screen and people talking, sharing their screen, and getting up to the old tricks, but in a digital, digital format. So, it's uh, it's been a challenge. and It's been. I guess um, it's been great because lots of people learn lots of things in very quick time because they had to. Uh, yeah. And that's a, a good thing about it that there has been change. Mm. Uh, it, it doesn't always mean that this is the better way of doing things. I don't think it is a completely digital space. Um, I miss the classroom. I miss having those conversation with kids but i've also seen kids um in some kids that really like to get through the work to churn through the work complete what i would expect them to do in a week in two days yeah and that makes sense because they're getting through what they need to they're not wasting time and they can have their own time or they can go on to continue learning if they so wish if that's what they need to do um so there's been positives and no some setbacks you know I, yeah like i said i miss that. that interaction that social interaction we also had a bit of a push for well-being as well so checking with kids because you know this iso life that they're talking about as it's you know it can be very isolating and uh, yeah. being a teenager you know being with your friends it's one thing to to be on the group chat or to be sending selfies but when you don't have that social connection that's not going to be great for, for adolescents well-being
0: mm, yeah i think mean, I just jump in for a second andrew um lee can you share some more of those um can you share us your top 10 apps you were just nailing some of these um yeah dropping some of these names here i was like oh hang on what, what, what are these apps here
3: yeah well probably the best one that is of no surprise is just youtube and that's you know you know where teachers are starting to create it's just thinking i just want i just want my kids to see this so um I just only want my kids to see this but if others see it that's all right so recording this idea of what they call flip learning so um, if you're doing something very dry lecture material you could just do that in a 10 minute video the kids can watch that in their own time they can skip through it and i always just make it public because you never know it might help one kid in some random situation in the school that you've never heard of um, some other really good ones are flipgrid talked about that it's a an app where you can post questions as videos, so 90 second clips. So you might ask them, you know, tell me why the sky's blue, something like that. And then say, so, over to you now. And they reply with their own videos. The kids can interact with other videos. And video is great. They do it all the time with their friends, but when it's in that educational setting, they, they pause and they think about, what am I saying? You know, and am, am I saying that in the best way? I'm thinking about my communication. Uh, and when you're talking on a video, when you're just, Speaking like we are now you have to know what you're talking about and it really is quite challenging for kids that's a, a another excellent one um, I'll have to have a think about some other ones but there too and the, the main the main thing about both of those the main characteristics of both of those are both based upon video yeah and video uh, is it's yeah it revolution has revolutionized education in the past 10 yeah. years or so
0: and, and learning just just learning oh, it yeah.
3: yeah. 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 So all this painting, I've been doing some more painting, and the worst part about painting, cutting in, I hated, but I, I had a bit of a go, and let's just say I failed, and uh, I thought, hmm, how can I improve? I'm just going to watch a YouTube video, and tell you what, my, my cutting in has improved. Yeah. So basic learning like that, you think about where people go now if they want to learn how to do something at their own pace, uh, YouTube. Yeah. yeah. I think if we look back at the the history of education
2: back when the system that we now use was developed there was the underlying assumption that within you know 10 years or so we can deliver the amount of information that a young person is going to need to go off and live the rest of their life and now that's not not the case anymore for two reasons you know it's not the case because information is so vast that you can't learn everything that you need in 10 years but also the way the nature that we consume information has changed completely as you guys have pointed out you know it's it's everywhere it's ubiquitous we can get it on any internet connected device so it no longer makes sense anymore to have this one person standing at the front of a room uh, delivering it Um, what does make sense as you said lee is um, using things like youtube I had a chat with a friend of mine who's feeling a little bit overwhelmed by a lot of this stuff that's going on at the moment. And I said to him, you know, there's probably, he's a math teacher. I said, there's probably already a video out there that teaches what you have to teach. If you can just find that video, send your students a link. Uh, Lee, you mentioned the flip learning uh, before, Mm. send them a link. And then where you have your speciality, where you have your expertise is, you know, book a 10 minute call with each of your students where you can have, you know, maybe groups of two or three. And, um, you know, like we're doing now, let's have a conversation about that particular concept. And that's where the, I think the, the best of both worlds can come in where you've got uh, the online space, but then doing as best you can uh, in the current situation that we've got to, to have the human interaction and the questioning and the, yeah. um, you know, the digging deep as well.
0: Um, it's spot on, Andrew. That's exactly what I was trying to do. I was literally thinking about that last night with, um, so i doing some uni lecturing and, yeah, obviously it's gone all online, but the, yeah, the intent is that the lecture is actually pre-recorded. The students can watch that at their own time, but the highest benefit I can have is not sitting on a Zoom call with thirty students regurgitating that, the highest value I think I can have is booking a fifteen minute or twenty minute time slot with each sort of student and problem solving their own issues in relation to that video.
3: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where you know you get the the critical people who say, oh, there's you know how do we how are they supposed to know what's what they should believe and what they shouldn't? And that's where we come in. We're still a teacher. It's it's our job to help. Kids develop that idea of critical thinking. Like mm. there's lots of YouTube videos out there on that are complete BS. And but it's a teacher's role to to say when you're looking at that, you know, what should be going through your brain? You know, developing that critical thinking and it's our role is not that we don't have to create every single video, every piece of information, but it's yes. our role to help curate what we want them to see. So playlists are really good. Mm. And then following that up with just some simple questions, like, what did you learn from that? What surprised you? Uh, I used to think, but now I know. All these sorts of questions that, again, help people to reflect uh, and the power is in reflection because that's where the learning takes place.
0: So good, so good. And even as simple as uh, what worked and I wish, you know, Uh, what works, what what did you learn, and what's the I wish, what's the the questions you still have?
3: like yeah. give kids have what they call a, a feedback sandwich so two good things one thing to need need to be improved upon you know and and that can can really help so i'll talk about the burger or the vegan burger with the veggie patties <laughs>
1: yeah okay so i'm just going to interrupt that conversation there this is so good right we've got two really smart guys offering you know valuable insight and experience and I really love that conversation and you'll see that because we keep going you know we've got so much more great content and ideas coming up in episode 22 and you can hear there that we're at, uh, at the end of that episode we're already moving into solutions we're already starting to talk about teaching and learning strategies and different ways that we can do things and different ways that we can approach things. And um, during that episode, there was mention of Lee's Top 10 Educational Apps. Now, he he mentioned a couple of those, but he didn't go into the full detail of what the the 10 would be. So, if you'd like to get a list of Lee's Top 10 Educational Apps, remember this is an award-winning teacher. You just need to go to blueprintlifeacademy.com.au forward slash Lee's Apps l-e-e-s-a-p-p-s blueprintlifeacademy.com.au forward slash apps and we'll automatically, you know, send you that full list so that you can use some of these in your classroom or with your youth group or however you're relating with young people I also want you to make sure that you check out the Dangerous Minds course because, you know, during the podcast we talked about the importance of well-being and how in teaching and learning It's so much more important than just knowledge. We've got to look after the well-being and the mindset of our students. And Dangerous Minds is a great way that you can do that with your students. So if you're interested in that, go to blueprintlifeacademy.com.au forward slash Dangerous Minds and check that program out. All right, don't forget to subscribe so you are notified about episode 22 when it comes out. I will see you then.